0: Welcome to the What in the World is God Doing podcast, conversations with Highland Park missions partners in Casper, Wyoming and around the world. In the midst of global crises and a daily onslaught of discouraging news, this podcast will encourage you about the good work God is doing around the world and inspire you to join in God's mission in our everyday lives. Highland Park Community Church exists to take risks to pursue God and love like Jesus, and our mission partners are courageously living that out at home and abroad. I'm Darren Edwell-Palker, the GO Pastor at Highland Park. Joining me today is Brad Hopkins. The last eight years, Brad has been the Executive Director of the Wyoming Rescue Mission, having served professionally 20 years those struggling with homelessness. As executive director of the Wyoming Rescue Mission, Brad oversees the work of restoring around 2,000 homeless lives with the love of Christ each year. The Rescue Mission serves over 60,000 meals and provides 42,000 nights of stay each year, along with case management and recovery programs to those experiencing homelessness in our community. When Brad's not at the Rescue Mission, you can find him hiking the mountains around Wyoming with his wife Chrissy and their standard poodles. Brad, it's so great to have you with us today on the What in the World is God Doing podcast.
1: Honored, Darren. Thank you for having me. So tell us what's going on at the mission. Oh my goodness, what you talk about the Highland Park Community Church mission statement, taking risks to pursue God and love others. I mean, Wyoming Rescue Mission is risky business. I mean, we are out there on the edge for Jesus. We have 100 folks right now that are homeless. So many out of just horrific backgrounds. You know, I share very personally, uh, my dad just went to be with the Lord on January the 6th and such a tough time to lose such a pillar in in my life. And yet I think about our people that we serve, they don't even have a dad or, or two parents to grieve over like that. And so while I feel so blessed by my upbringing, it's a blessing to be able to bring that to those that have, have had not this experience.
0: So, Tell us who walks through the doors of the mission.
1: We have men uh, by themselves. We have women by themselves. We have families, uh, typically a single mom with children, which is unimaginable in January in Wyoming to be a single mother with two or three kids and nowhere to go. Wyoming Rescue Mission is it for Casper, Natrona County, really a large circle uh, throughout Wyoming. Uh, I think of the men as well that, come individually, you know, each of these demographics are, are segregated. They have their own private space within the rescue mission, but it's shocking to me. I'm 54 years old and and to see a man my age with all that he has is in a in a bag pulling up on a Friday night to the mission and you think, what, re- what went wrong? What happened? And yet so honorable to be a part of that life.
0: And what kind of help can somebody get when they come to the mission?
1: It's just basic hospitality in fact uh, a phrase that we've coined is restorative hospitality Uh, at one time it was radical hospitality with the love of christ but it really makes no difference your background who you are what you believe wyoming rescue mission is there 24 hours a day 168 hours a week with the love of christ the doors are always open it's warm it's inviting it's welcoming uh the gentleman that i mentioned Perhaps he needs a place to stay, as I mentioned. you know, he does, has nowhere to go. So we get him uh, overnight accommodations. We get him a hot meal, we call it, uh, three meals a day, which are hot, home-cooked, uh, nutritious, just basic needs. And then we sit down with the individual to hear their story mm. and where have they come from, what have they been through, what has precipitated, led to their homelessness, what can we do to help them get back Uh, self-sufficient in their own place again.
0: And so what would you say is sort of the ultimate goal of why you exist? I mean, clearly the relief of a a roof over their head and a meal, essential, absolutely. And in some cases, literally life-saving. And knowing about the mission, you have a long-term goal as well.
1: You know, our ultimate goal is to do more than rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic, right? Our existence is incredibly temporary, our ultimate goal is to c- connect them with eternal uh, home and housing, which is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, not everybody wants that, but we share, and that's a big part of our case management and our one-on-one with our folks as we do a evaluation bio, social, psycho a spiritual evaluation, helping them to begin to set goals, to move forward. It is in that one-on-one intimate setting with our case manager that we begin to practically share who Jesus is. Now, if they're not interested, that's okay. Uh, We're there... To serve. And
0: if they are, then tell us about the discipleship program. Well,
1: this is really the heart and core of Wyoming Rescue Mission is our discipleship recovery program. I mean, this is the Great Commission. Jesus said, make disciples. And this is what we do. A number of our folks that come to us have a faith background, and they've strayed away from it. But we've seen others. You know, I think of Randy, who now has a great job over at the Nick the local art museum. Uh, he, at one point, was literally Say by law enforcement. They cut him down. He was hanging by his neck, suicidal, just an unbelievable background. And he came to the mission after getting stabilized with psychiatric help, not a believer in God even. And as an atheist and realizing that his way without God was not working, he came to a spiritual awareness and a personal faith in Jesus Christ. And Boy, what a joy to run into Randy the other day at the grocery store. I was look, looking at some eggs or something and, and he uh, has to give me a hard time, but you know, just like a proud kid showing me his two year sober coin wow. and independent, doing well, walking with the Lord. That's the ultimate for Wyoming rescue mission.
0: And we've actually helped here at Highland uh, towards a project of a discipleship home. Uh, tell us what that's all about.
1: Well, our, Uh, interest in the discipleship program has grown through the years, and uh, particularly we have seen a lot of interest with our new Park Street Center, which opened two years ago, 22,000 square foot shelter. Uh, Immediately, there was almost twice the interest of folks in the discipleship recovery program. We typically averaged around 20 or so. Now we're averaging 40 Uh, folks. And we anticipate that to grow. You just look out into our community, uh, our state, nationally, addictions are a huge issue. And um, practically 30 to 40% of our people that come to Wyoming Rescue Mission report an addiction as being the leading factor contributing to their homelessness. So the Discipleship Recovery Program connects people to that spiritual hope. Uh, As much as I grieve for a loss of my dad and for our guest who never really had a dad, there is a dad that is always there, and that's the Heavenly Father and that connection spiritually. So we address the whole individual uh, from the spiritual Bible studies in uh, books such as the book of Ephesians and Romans. And then uh, we get into practical biblical studies such as anger management and healthy sexuality. Uh, we even have a membership at the YMCA. We do nutrition classes, University of Wyoming comes and helps teach that to our folks healthcare for the homeless comes over. So Wyoming rescue mission, as people are journeying uh, in this walk with Jesus and growing, we're connecting them with the practical tools as well so that they can take their life to the next step.
0: I love that holistic focus uh, yes. the whole person. It's so beautiful. And one of my Personal mm-hmm. goals here at Highland as the go pastor. I'm here to mobilize people on mission. Yes, and one of the ways we've done that is by partnering men and women in the discipleship recovery program with a mentor. Yes, and so I, my dream is that at every moment, every man and woman has a mentor walking with them uh, through their process. Tell us why that's important to have from your perspective.
1: Oh, it's huge. We need nine right now, Darren, but our goal first and foremost is obviously serve the Lord Jesus Christ by serving those that are homeless and needy. But secondarily, we're really a conduit to mobilize the body of Christ to do the work of Christ. So that's why it's been such an amazing partnership for, I believe probably the entire history of Wyoming rescue mission. We're 42 years old this year, but uh, connecting our, so am I, by the way. Oh my gosh! Happy birthday! Thanks. That's awesome, Darren. That's pretty. Well, I'm not uh, today, but all of a sudden, forty two years seems very young. <laughs> <laughs> they, well played. <laughs> but uh, our goal with the discipleship recovery guest is to connect them with a mature, godly, healthy, supportive relationship outside of professional hired guns like myself that uh, work day in and day out of the mission because our Our goal is restoration, not to permanently store people at the mission. You know, we're a place of great comfort and healing, but all right, now it's a little bit of discomfort because we're getting you ready to go out. You know, it's like what Jesus said go as a go pastor. We do the same thing with our guests. This is the critical piece for opportunity for mature believers at church here to come alongside and, and be a friend and a guide to one of our discipleship guests. The
0: commitment of a mentor is essentially six months. It can go longer. But the idea is that the men and women that are connected with a mentor are roughly halfway through their program, maybe a third to halfway through. Yes. So the it's intentionally based so that when they graduate from the Rescue Mission discipleship program, they have somebody... Who's outside of the system yes. that can walk with them. And I've seen that with my guy that I've been mentoring since he was in the program. He graduated. It's been over a year now. He's still sober. He still calls me. We talk, we pray. Um, and I just count it a privilege to be a part of his ongoing journey um, that started as a mentor. So I just want to encourage those that are listening that's something that you and perhaps you and your spouse can do together to partner mm-hmm. a, a with men and women that are coming out of homelessness and addiction. It's just a beautiful thing. There was one guy um, that we paired him with a, a pair of mentors. There was a doctor and a lawyer. And and this guy, you know, shared his testimony. He's like, I've been a meth addict for like the last 25 years. What am I going to have in common with a doctor and a lawyer? But with tears in his eyes, he's like, man, every time we get together, God meets us and we are challenging and encouraging each other in our walk. It's just such a powerful thing to see people from different parts of the community and different socioeconomic uh, backgrounds coming together for this goal of discipleship.
1: Oh, it's such a beautiful thing, Darren. I mean, I, I get an image of, of almost like a nuclear reactor, you know, you get the certain components together and then just Holy spirit things happen that we could not have ever ever planned. And uh, that story, I remember one other a person with her mentor, she she had hearing issues, and that mentor happened to have hearing aids that were a perfect fit. So there's just so many organic things that don't happen until our volunteers from church step up. They take that first step. Well, in the other side of that story, I believe if that's
0: the one I'm thinking of, is her brother actually uh, committed suicide.
1: Yes, yep.
0: and yep. and yep. and right. there were there was this need for the hearing aids, and here. This distraught sister is wondering, and and sh- as a mentor was able to make that connection and just see some redemption, yes, some way of of, of passing on uh, and and making beauty out of ashes. Yeah,
1: and the best way through personal hardship is reaching out to somebody else that's maybe going through a worse time or equally as bad, but it's a way to begin to minister to each other.
0: So here at Highland, we have this thing called Faith Promise, and Faith Promise is a yearly pledge that people say, okay, God, I'm going to pray this year, and I'm going to ask you to place on our heart, my heart, our family's heart, a certain dollar amount this year, and we're going to trust that you're going to provide that in some unexpected way. Really, it's not just something that I already have in my pocket, but to say, God, where, you know, where's that going to come from? And if you bless me with it, I'll, I'll pass it on. We're blessed to bless and that's a major source of our, uh, financial funding for the mission. We're so grateful to be able to partner with you guys in that, wow, that's um, beautiful. but, but the giving is so important, but beyond the giving, again, I want to, I want to emphasize the mentorship and what are some other ways that people can just get hands-on practically involved and be a blessing in our community?
1: Well, we're, I'm thinking obviously very selfishly in terms of Wyoming rescue mission, but I mean, there are, uh, Countless meals, essentially. I mean, you gave the report of 60,000 meals, but I mean, we're serving three meals a day. And so that's our baseline opportunity. Of course, there are uh, additional volunteer opportunities. Folks know about our Rescue Treasures Thrift Store. uh, 30% of the income that fuels Wyoming Rescue Mission is generated by that thrift store. But the thrift store is also a ministry, too, to the community. But we have our discipleship recovery Yes, They serve as a part of their coursework in the afternoon uh in that thrift store so there are volunteer opportunities to come and serve in the afternoon alongside our discipleship recovery guests if somebody just kind of wants to dabble their toe and they're not quite sure about a full-on six-month mentoring commitment Uh, beyond that many other project-based opportunities uh, around uh, the mission uh, just practical infrastructure power plant type needs And I think something that we've imagined a little bit too, Darren, is just community outreach. Uh, Something that we've done here recently that we built upon is outreach to folks that are needy in the community outside the mission. Uh, Recently distributing 300 turkey boxes Mm -hmm. with the full uh, fixings and everything and serving some 800 uh, individuals if they took full advantage of all those meals in those boxes. So a lot of creative opportunity.
0: One of the cool things that's happened recently is we have a missionary couple that lives on the Pine Ridge Reservation with the Lakota Sioux. Yes. And we've gone down there a number of times recently, um, helping them with uh, renovations on their property and, and the church. And uh, men from the mission have come with us, uh, and, and together we're serving. And there's something so satisfying about working together for the kingdom this way, that it's not a oh. one-way street. And I just love the seeing the relationships of guys laughing together and uh, drilling, you know, sheetrock up together. It's been yep. really
1: cool. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so much talent too with a lot of our discipleship recovery guests. I'm I'm quite amazed. A uh, New thing that's happened here recently is this uh, Hank Raymond Camp. It's about a 300 acre camp. The Episcopal Diocese owns it. It's been vacant for some five years now and they have dedicated this space exclusively to the discipleship recovery program so that's something we're looking to grow this coming uh, summer it's a three-season camp right now but uh, there are fix-up opportunities out there as well that uh, i'm sure we would love i know our Program director Dave Matthews would love to have a little help out there. So, awesome. That's awesome. The a diamond in the rough.
0: How has COVID impacted the work at the mission and life daily life there?
1: Oh my gosh. It scared us to death initially, Darren. I mean, you, you know, there was a lot of hype and and uncertainty in the news media and we heard it all. And it seemed like there's just this zombie apocalypse almost coming to take us over. But I I'm so proud of our team. I mean, they have leaned in courageously the mission has stayed open 168 hours a week our thrift store has stayed open now the impacts you know initially we did lock down and so we were very tightly controlled over the people that come in some of these procedures are still in place to this day at park street center our main shelter you have to be health screened i, I was i haven't been in there yet today but just yesterday i was health screened i haven't been it's the most times i've been health screened in my life so uh, we ask some pretty personal questions of folks to get in but if f- folks are uh, symptomatic we get them into quarantine where we can get them tested uh, if they are positive then we put them in an isolation room within uh, the park street center uh, of course People that aren't looking to stay overnight, we ask them to go see their doctor uh, uh, because we do have a lot of volunteers and folks coming into the mission that aren't necessarily homeless staying overnight with us. But big impacts. Uh, we are our overall numbers typically this time of year, we've averaged about 120, 130. It's dropped about 20 to 25. I think you have some concern within uh, the homeless community of coming into congregant living situations that they themselves might get infected it's understandable but uh, by and large we have continued on and it's given a great opportunity you know jesus he touched the leper Uh, he he leaned in now we are wise and and safe and following the local health department recommendations in fact they prioritized our our staff for vaccinations we're working on that but uh, at the same time uh, scripture says we are not of those who sh- shrink back and are destroyed, but are of those who believe and are saved. And uh, just so proud of our team that they've, they've kept us open and running throughout this pandemic.
0: Well, as we close out here, let's just talk theology for a moment. Love it. Brad, beyond um, being a help to an obvious need in our community, can we peel back sort of the work that you're doing? And what is sort of the underlying theology for why you do the work that you're doing? What does God say? What does the Bible say about caring for the poor?
1: It's exactly what Jesus said when he started his ministry as he unrolled the scroll to Isaiah. In Luke 4, he says, I came to preach good news to the poor and uh i i just the, sometimes we spiritualize that we spiritualize it absolutely but you know james is very practical there in uh james one he he says hey you want to prove yourself to be religious go out and help a widow and an orphan go help somebody that is in need and marginalized it's just not enough to say go and be well i'll pray for you You know blah 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 it's no god expects us to practically intervene as believers in jesus christ but i was just stumbled on uh, scripture just the other day in ezekiel of all things one of the judgments God was proclaiming upon Israel is that they did not care for the poor and needy. They Mm -hmm. oppressed, they used. And, you know, uh, many of the folks that we serve are folks that work in our service sector industry level jobs. You know, they're just not getting paid on par with the cost of living in, in an expensive intermountain area. You were referencing,
0: is that Ezekiel? Yes.
1: So Ezekiel 1649. That's it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this is shocking. So, no way. you know, when we mention, um, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, yeah, right? The first thing yeah. that comes to your mind when you think about the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, is something sexual. Yeah. But Ezekiel 1649 lays it out there and it says, this is the sin of your sister Sodom. It says, yes. she was arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. She did not help the poor and needy. Yeah. Whoa! Oh, what an indictment! Oh, right. Arrogant, it, overfed, unconcerned, did yeah. not help the poor and needy, and 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 that led to all kinds of moral choices down yes. the, down the line. But there was something about their love for God and love for neighbor yeah. that was out of whack. Yep. That yep. I think gets realigned when we start to serve in practical ways among the least of these.
1: Totally. And I think
0: God set it up that way because he intends it, just like grace, there's nothing we can do to repay God's amazing grace. Yeah. There's something about the poor that when we serve, I mean, obviously there is a joy, There's a, just the smile is a mm. reward. But, yeah. but realistically, we know that you know, there's not gonna be some kind of great necessarily financial gain or whatever yeah. the way that we yeah. normally think of a transactional relationship. Yeah. But God says, if you're willing to do that, you know, in Jesus in Matthew 25, you know, when you, when you, when you did it for one of the least of these, you really did it to me. And man, if we could capture that vision and realize right Right. here in Casper, right in our own hometown, we don't have to go. Now I love global missions. That's my heartbeat, man. Um, but listen, we don't have to go around the world for this, do we? It's right here.
1: That's, that's the irony. Sometimes we, you know, get the big expensive plane ticket and do the Awesome trip, which is obviously very needed, but my gosh, the mission field's right here under our nose. I mean, especially when you consider only 10% of our population here is church. Just huge needs. And, you know, our country has flyover country. Here in Casper, we have kind of drive-by, drive-over, flyover country. There are a lot of pockets of systemic poverty, you know, the trailer uh, park uh, homes and various neighborhoods that are just beaten down, run down. Uh, you know, you think of, uh, um, a place that's euphemistically called Felony Flats on on South McKinley Street. You know, these are people made in God's image. Mm. He loves them. Mm. He has so much mm. more for them, and it's behooven to us. I mean, to reach out. You know, into our Jerusalem first, which is right here.
0: So, Brad, would you pray for us in in uh, Matthew nine, where Jesus looks out over Jerusalem and he has compassion on them because they're they're um, they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd and and the word have compassion splanchnizomai is literally the bow. It talks about like the bowels. Like his, yeah. he was moved from the depth of his being yes. for the needs of the people. And then he tells the disciples, "Listen, the the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So what we oh. need is people to to go out. But but yes. m- but more than just guilting them. Um, my prayer is that people would capture." the compassion of Jesus. Cause yeah. if we have the compassion of Jesus, which comes from the indwelling presence of the Holy mm. spirit that lives in, and and is God's heart in us. If we yeah. can capture that, then man, there's, you don't have yeah. to motivate anyone because no. we're all going to lean in. Yeah. And so my prayer is just that anyone listening would capture the compassion of Jesus for yes. our community, for the needs that are here yep. uh, for the men and women that you serve and that those that are here can say, okay, Lord, here am I,
1: send me. Amen. Amen. Beautifully said. I mean, that's our Lord's heart. And as we connect with him, it's going to show with practically reaching out and you know, you look, this is somebody's son. This is somebody's daughter. It could be my brother. It could be my sister. Well, it's God's son and daughter. It's, <laughs> it's his. And by and extension,
0: our brother and sister, right? S- I It's mean, such a beautiful yep. thing
1: to be a part of their lives. I'm so honored. Mm-hmm. Our folks that come into Wyoming Rescue Mission, indeed, they they so touch me. They minister to me. And it's such a good feeling to have God reaching through me, our team, together with Highland Park Community Church, to do God's divine work. It's, it's pretty awesome.
0: Amen. Well, would you close us in prayer? You bet.
1: Father, just thank you so much for uh, Darren uh, being the GO! Pastor here at Highland Park Community Church. We just thank you for this great partnership at Wyoming Rescue Mission. Lord, we just lift up any individual that may be listening to this podcast at this moment who's struggling. Uh, They feel marginalized. They feel alone. They feel like they're out of options, Lord, that perhaps you would help them find that opportunity at Wyoming Rescue Mission or here at church. Lord, uh, stir up your church to do the work of Christ as we see in our nation struggling how much more is needed than ever uh, the body of Christ to lean in with his love and compassion. Lord, use us mightily and bless us beyond what we could even think or uh, ask to in, in our imagination of you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks, Brad. Thank you, Darren. Thanks so much for
0: joining us. Our goal is to get you moving on mission. Follow our missions Facebook page at HPCC Missions and go to hpcc.church missions to sign up for weekly service updates in Casper and around the world. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.